0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Irreligiosophy, the one true podcast, continuing our interminable series of Bible study courses. This is Luke,
1: part 2 of 17.
0: Yeah, I think, um, you know, since we've received so many complaints, I'm just going to cover the entire fucking Bible, book by book. Sentence by sentence. And then the entire Book of Mormon. Oh, Really?
1: I can't wait for and that if
0: one. I still get complaints, I'm gonna go over the fucking doctrine and covenants <laughs> please
1: don't now I'm begging with you uh <laughs> um, i would I would like an in depth analysis of Joseph Smith's writing style. I got you covered sweet that'll be at least a four parter.
0: <laughs> maybe you know the just the short attention span is because we have multiple parts of the episodes. What do you think? I don't know it's probably. It's probably something to do with drugs. It's drugs, Chuck. Drugs, schmugs.
1: Drugs, schmugs.
0: All right, uh, let's go over some iTunes reviews.
1: iTunes store, iTunes reviews, iTunes reviews. Come on down, get your iTunes reviews.
0: Hey, look at this one, Matt. Uh, Love the Gospel Reviews. Five stars by Def Cube.
1: Def Cube. It was a nice room and I learned a bit. He learned a bit. We have taught somebody a bit. Impossible.
0: I looked up Josephus, though, and I don't agree with you guys for saying Josephus was Jesus, or maybe I heard you wrong no you you heard us right <laughs> it was probably me uh, uh, isn't it a scholarly consensus that Josephus actually was Jesus crucified a couple years before he was born and then uh, went on to uh, become the famous Roman historian
1: I don't find that impossible at all. What are you saying? <laughs>
0: Uh, on my short list of favorites in the genre, five star by AZGW. I really appreciate the level of intellectual integrity and analysis present in this podcast. Uh, I'm not sure he's listening to this podcast. I think you I fucked think- up on your reviews.
1: It <laughs> must. He must be in a different podcast.
0: Uh, Juvenile and ridiculous, one star review by Who Needs Ambient? Uh, what? What? That should be a five. Juvenile, and ridiculous, five stars. Yeah. What's the problem? Juvenile and ridiculous. Yes. Yes, we are. Uh, Even as an atheist, I found this stupid. It's one thing to present ideas against religion, but for a couple of frat boys to openly mock people with fart jokes and misunderstandings is totally worthless. Matt, I believe that is the first time in my life I've been called a frat boy.
1: I, that is the worst insult I could possibly imagine I, uh, I'm very offended you know what I say to that
0: uh, love the cast but please stop calling the sciency portions boring five star review by awake LV uh, who's doing that
1: who's doing that <laughs>
0: I, I will find you <laughs> wait are we doing that don't do that I do it all the time. Do you? Uh, yeah, it is boring. Isn't the science stuff boring and shit? Well,
1: it is boring.
0: It's science. No. It's science. science. Of course, it's boring. Science and ambient. It's what you use at night. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, uh, skunk dicks! Should we go on to skunk dicks?
1: Let's do. Let's do some skunk dicks. Let's grab the shaft of the skunk dick and shake it.
0: Ah, excellent. Stroke some
1: skunk dicks to their mighty fulfillment.
0: What do you have? What's your first candidate?
1: I have all Jehovah's Witnesses.
0: Every? (laughs) every,
1: Even (laughs) the children, Matt? Even the children. I bet it was a fucking child
0: that came to my door.
1: (laughs) Look, they left left trash on my door. That's why. They came and put trash right on my door.
0: Yeah, they could... um, at the very least, uh, throw their own trash away. Seriously, now I'm responsible for it.
1: Oh, my God. It's a quiz, Chuck. They left me a quiz. I did do homework.
0: They, they gave you homework. Oh, my God. How'd I get this pamphlet. How did you score in the quiz?
1: Um, I got it wrong, apparently. I got <laughs> zero. There's only one question, so it's, it's kind of a pass or fail. Oh, well, it's all or you- nothing. So I thought I'd quiz you. Are you ready for your quiz? Lay it on me. Can the dead really live again? And then you have three choices. It's multiple choice. Oh, okay. Yes, <laughs> no, or maybe.
0: <laughs> yes, no. I went with maybe. Maybe? I'm going to go with a firm no on that one. Well, the Bible
1: says there's going to be a resurrection. Oh, well. That's that's what it says right in the inside. But then you have to ask, can you really believe what the Bible says? Will they have an answer for that? For at least least three reasons, at least.
0: Okay, what are the
1: three reasons? Reason the one, God is the creator of life.
0: Oh. (laughs) I was hoping for something a little less circular, but okay.
1: Oh, reason two, God has resurrected humans in the past.
0: Young, old, female. Again, according (laughs) to the Bible.
1: Excellent. one had been in a tomb for 4 days and <laughs> reason the third god is eager to do it again because jehovah hates death <laughs> <laughs> it says that I'm, i didn't add that part in <laughs> oh he longs to bring back those who are in his memory and to see them live on earth again
0: did you say in his memory
1: <laughs> his memories <laughs> god
0: is all things including boobs Oh, sweet mother of God, that has convinced me.
1: And then at the end of this thing, of this massive piece of pamphlet, um, I had to have something to think about. Then I have to go and think about this. They're making me think. Why do we grow old and die? The Bible answers that question in Genesis 17. No, Genesis 3, verse 17. Because you have heeded the voice of your wife. (laughs) 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 That's why
0: stop doing that Matt Jesus Christ
1: also you have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you saying you shall not eat it yeah I remember doing that I, I, God was like Gandalf he's like you shall not eat
0: <laughs> <laughs> it." my bad that was my fault God sorry that's on me
1: uh, that makes us the Balrog which is awesome <laughs> so Jehovah's Witnesses suck it Stop
0: putting crap on my door. This is going in the shredder. It would be nice if uh, you threw away your own trash. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. um, I have one for you, and it's Ken Ham of Answers in Genesis, our second skunkedic candidate of the. Hammy. Ken Ken Hammy.
1: (laughs) Ken Hammy, I love that. Uh,
0: So he uh, said that he needed uh, seventy-three million (laughs) dollars.
2: That's it. uh,
0: To uh, build his Ark Encounter. And I believe it was announced in 2008. So in the past five years, they have succeeded in raising... Uh, Drumroll, please. $13.6 million.
1: Well, That's not bad. I mean, they found that many suckers to donate that much money. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I think the state of Kentucky agreed to... Uh, give them 35, uh, $37.5 million in tax breaks. Yeah. But you actually need to have in hand a $24 million to commence construction. So they're not even halfway to breaking ground <laughs> in five years. So you might be wondering, Matt, why it's taken them so long to raise so little. But if you're wondering, wonder, Ken Ham has an answer for you. Yes. It is in large part because of uh, Answers in Genesis's strong biblical stand against the Obamacare legislation's mandated coverage of abortion-causing drugs. That's what's. Uh, That's what's stopping him. Well, what? <laughs> what? <laughs>
1: because he's too busy, like fighting Obamacare.
0: Because their target audience uh-huh. is Christians, so I, uh, I don't get it. But uh, you know. If you just say Obamacare with these stupid That's Christians, right.
1: <laughs> I use it as an excuse for everything nowadays.
0: <laughs> yeah, thanks, Obama.
1: I was at the uh, one of them coffee shops the other day, and I didn't have exact change, but I just ran off my coffee. I was like Obamacare. <laughs> okay, that didn't happen. <laughs>
0: So what's the solution to this, Matt? They're, uh, you know, only, what, $60 million shy of their goal. <laughs> they're, going,
1: they're going to tell people to forego medical coverage because Jesus is their family doctor and send all their money to them.
0: Are they going to roll up their sleeves and actually earn this money themselves? No. Lemonade stand. Oh, my God, no. No, no, no. Uh, what they're going to do is they're going to offer a uh, private bond, a municipal bond, I don't know how that's different from what they've done before, but these are commonly known, Matt, in the uh, finance lingo as junk bonds.
1: Ah, uh, because they're, they're going to give,
0: yeah, they're not backed by anything. Answers in Genesis isn't right. backing them, so it's essentially the same as just giving your money to them. Although the uh, financial advisor says, "Hey, if it doesn't come through, at least you can deduct it as a charitable donation."
1: <laughs> Instead of making a charitable donation, make an investment that you can deduct as a charitable donation.
0: So they're offering uh, bonds with 7-, 11-, and 15-year maturities at yields between 5 and 6%. But one of the risks, they say, is that uh, in the 39 risks that they list in their documents.
1: 39 risks?
0: <laughs> one risk is that it, the park may never achieve positive cash flow. <laughs> so, <laughs> So Matt, that's how can't you...
1: just a risk, that's a guarantee.
0: <laughs> how can you get in on this? Well, um, the cheapest option is a lifetime membership to the park. Uh that'll run you a paltry one hundred thousand dollars.
1: Sweet. Hundred grand. You should have done that for your haunted house.
0: Uh, you signed... Absolutely. I should have issued junk bonds. Right. Now, um there there is a uh catch to this and that is they're limiting the investment pool to what are called accredited or qualified investors and those are uh investors who are worth uh they have a net worth of more than a million dollars you might ask them you might ask yourself why would you limit your pool of investors to the filthy rich
1: um because they have a hundred grand to throw away on your (laughs) your uh
0: the answer is the uh Million dollar cutoff, so you either a million dollars in assets or more than $200,000 in annual income. The uh, Securities and Exchange Commission uh, uses that cutoff as um, the line where you uh, give up certain fraud protections. So people who don't, who are not accredited or qualified investors, who don't have a million dollars in assets, they have all these protections against fraud <coughs> and uh They could go after Ken Ham and Answers in Genesis. But people who uh, are qualified investors, the assumption is that they know enough since they're filthy rich to uh, know better than to invest in this shit. So there's not protections, legal protections. That's why Ken Ham is limiting his investor pool to accredited or qualified investors.
1: They really should know better.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They absolutely should know better. What else you got?
1: I have a high school student. Who was going to be in a um, a track meet regional race? Uh, so she drew a bib number, and it was six six six. Chuck, Do you mark, know what that number is? The mark of the beast. No, it's the natural number following six six five, but before six six seven. It's just nothing. <laughs> well, it is the sum of the first thirty six natural numbers. Huh? Huh? What? It's the number of prime numbers up to. 666 is 121, which is square 11, which is number of prime numbers up to 36, which is the sum of those – the first 36 numbers is 666. You see how this all means no, Satan?
0: No wonder Satan chose it.
1: So she drew out of the race, and uh, because she's a minor, I will not mention her name because that's what we do around here. We protect, the, we protect the children. We're all about the children. It's Thacker. Damn it! <laughs> curse you but she didn't want to risk her relationship with god and try to take that number
0: it also made her
1: sick just thinking that my name is associated with that number.
0: <laughs> i wonder if the person who drew the number 616 also drew out of the way uh because you know uh, some early manuscripts have 616
1: Aha! Uh-huh. you know that in my line of work i frequently travel and um I've noticed that some hotels don't have a floor 13. Not all of them, but some of them. Well, I mean, there's a lot that that don't even make it up to 13, so they don't have a floor 13. But I mean the ones that have more than 13 floors.
0: They actually do have the floor 13, but Satan has occupied the entire floor, so the rooms are never available. Right.
1: I also noticed that sometimes we get flight numbers that are 666, or we happen to be doing Mach point six six six. And I've seen the other pilot become visibly disturbed. He's like, <laughs> he's like, speed, speed up a little, would you?
0: <laughs> I don't want to be flying the same speed as Satan.
1: Or we'll switch um, flying duties because the person, is, whoever's not flying, does the talking on the radio. So if I'm doing a talking on the radio, I'll be the one saying, this is flight 666. And then he or she will have to say it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, religion superstition Not the same thing at all Nope Alright, so for our next uh, Skunk
1: Dick, you may remember That we did a a little video That's on YouTube Jesus casts the demons into the pigs And fucks over the deep the pig herder I don't remember that You don't remember that? Let's google that, kids Jesus <laughs> and the
0: pigs <laughs> Somebody I think we've brought this one up uh, an average of twice an episode for the past six episodes. That's
1: what we do. Be- for two reasons. One, it's it's <laughs> fucking brilliant. And
0: two, it, it's the only cartoon we have. So. And two, Matt did a lot of work uh, with that art. Right. Took a lot of time. I, I worked for
1: about ten minutes sketching and up something <laughs> like this. <laughs> and then the next thing I saw, it was animated. I'm like, oh, I'm done. I don't know why it takes Disney so long to make a movie. Anyway... Fucking Pat Robertson. It's his full name. That's how he should be addressed, you know. Respect. That's his first name? <laughs> it's his first name. <laughs> Even his parents knew. <laughs> <laughs> um, he has answered why Jesus cast the demons into the pigs.
0: That's a question I've uh, asked, you know, for a long time. He's going to exorcise the, these demons from this guy. And they said, wait, just throw us into the pigs. And Jesus says, eh, all right. Why? Well, his- Here's your answer.
2: No, please don't do that. Let's go into these pigs. So Jesus said, okay, I'll answer your prayer. You, you asked to go into the pigs, I'll let you go into the pigs. But what happened? Those guys were doing something illegal. And so those pigs were, were unclean animals. The demons went into the pigs. What does it help the demons? Well, it kept the demons from going into the pit. But it drove the pigs crazy. And they rushed down a hill and drowned. What happened to the demons, I don't know. But I don't think you have to be worried about what happens to a legion of demons that's possessing a man and driving him crazy. And that's what we dealt with. (laughs) So that's how come. And they asked for it Mm -hmm. instead of going into the pit right away. uh, Let's go into those swine. And Jesus said, okay, you asked for it. So he answered their prayer, and they got what they asked for. All right.
0: Now, wasn't the lady concerned about the pigs and not the demons? Uh, no, she was concerned for the – the. it was a
1: caller who called in with that question, and um, she was concerned for the pig herder.
0: So that's exactly what our thing was about. That's exactly, exactly so what happened what to this about. pig herder. She was. He was concerned about the pig herder, and he goes on about the demons. I don't think you need to be concerned about a bunch of demons, for God's sake. Don't
1: worry about the demons. I was worried about the demons.
0: All right, uh, let's feed those into the computer and see what we come up with. My vote would be for fucking Pat Robertson. No, wait. Ken Ham. I switched it to last minute to Ken Ham.
1: Oh, I'm going to go with in in an amazing turn of events, or perhaps not. I'm going to go with Ken Ham as well.
0: I like the ham. All right, I'm switching my vote back to Pat Robertson. Son of a bitch. My God, it's Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey, beloved comedian? Our computer's racist. It is. Wait, is it
1: Obamacare? It's Obamacare.
0: (laughs) It's Obamacare. I mean Steve Harvey. Um, uh, Steve Harvey apparently does not uh, have a very high opinion of atheists, Matt. Him and me both. (laughs) (laughs) I have some audio from uh, a YouTube video called Shit Steve Harvey Says. Uh, Let's play this.
2: Does he have a relationship with God? You're sitting up here talking to a dude and he tells you he's an atheist. You need to pack it up and go home. You know, you're talking to a person don't believe in God, you you've, finished, you've finished, where, what's his moral barometer? Where is it at? It's nowhere.
0: Uh, yeah, Matt, where is
1: your moral barometer? Where's my moral barometer? I guess I keep it next to my war, moral wind speed indicator. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Matt, where do you get the measurement for the uh, atmospheric pressure of your morals. It's gotta be done with mercury. I love no. I love when stupid people use big sounding words to look intelligent and they end up looking even <laughs> stupider than if they just put a fucking said compass in the first place. Right. Uh, where's your moral catheter, Chuck? <laughs> your... <laughs> that sounds good. I'll just throw barometer in there. <laughs> My god, there's so many syllables where's
1: your moral fecal sample come on
0: you know you're talking to a dude and he tells you he's an atheist you just need to pack up and go home you know pack, <laughs> pack up it home. up we're out of here that's not bigoted it at all all you need to know is he's an atheist and then that's all you know just walk away
1: well <laughs> he's got no moral barometer
0: matt i got this one too this this one's probably my favorite because it stuffs so many stupid things into uh, such a small area. Here we go.
2: Let's hear it. I mean, but what is an atheist? I don't. I don't really get into that. You know, what I've talked to people all the time. I'm an atheist. I just walk away. I don't. I don't know what to say to you. You know. Well, an atheist is someone who doesn't quite believe in, that there is somebody out there, some God out there. Well, then, to me, you're an idiot. OK, but, well, So I'm cool with that. I'm, I'm just not, probably fine. not the right politically correct no, thing no, to no. say. But if you don't believe in God, I mean, really, you've got to have an explanation for this. And you just can't tell me just spun out of a gastrous ball. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, then we were evolved from monkeys. Why? We still got monkeys. It's too much open here. I just believe that. And if you don't believe that, then I don't like talking to you. I say uh,
1: that's what happened. We came out of a gastrous ball and then monkeys and then
0: us. That, you know, gastrous ball, again. What the fuck is a gastrous ball? And then all is, of a sudden we were like, What is
1: gastrous? Is that like when you eat, if you're lactose intolerant and you drink milk? And,
0: <laughs> you get gastrous? You get gastrous. <laughs> Matt, why we still got monkeys?
1: <laughs> That's, he makes a good point with that one. How can there possibly still be monkeys?
0: To me, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Steve Harvey, you are intimately familiar with what an idiot is, so there you go, there you have it. Uh, I don't think he, it'll actually,
1: be... he actually said why we still got monkeys. Why? Oh my God! There's yeah. too much
0: opened. Yeah, why? Why we still got monkeys? Right, because Steve Harvey, if you uh, replace an unknown, which is how did we get here? Where did the universe come from? With another unknown, you've just answered the question. Well, God did it, of course. That explains everything. You stupid atheist with your inflationary theory and your evolution. You're just an idiot. <laughs> i walking away. I can't even talk Take to your you.
1: your gaseous ass in my face. <laughs> Take your monkey-loving, <laughs> gaseous moral barometer.
0: Got <laughs> it. All right. So I guess I won't be talking to Steve Harvey anytime in the near future. Damn it.
1: Uh, could we get an interview with Steve Harvey, you think? That would be awesome. He does oh. it with everyone. He did Tyra, he did Joy Bihar. We're. we're get on we're right. that,
0: Matt. Get on that. I'm on it. All right. Uh, I'm going to do something a little different uh, this time with uh, the meat of the podcast, Luke, uh, part two. Um, let's instead of going chapter by chapter how about we cover um, a few of the things Luke is most famous for and that's his parables of Jesus uh, so let's cover a bunch of parables and then quickly we'll go into uh Luke's account of Jesus' passion and resurrection what do you say Matt what do you think yeah let's do that oh I did want to very briefly cover the Lord's Prayer because uh, that's found both in Luke and Matthew so this is this is the a prayer that The Lord God himself says, this is what you should be praying, right? Here are the words I'm giving you to pray to me, (laughs) which is itself an exercise in in futility. Uh, Jesus told us this, right? Here's some words that I want you to repeat back to me. (laughs) Verbatim. Verbatim. So in Matthew, Jesus says, uh, say these words, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as uh, we have also forgiven our debtors. Uh, and do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. So that's the prayer the Lord God, Savior of our universe uh, tells us. I don't about. remember that last part. You don't You don't like the bring us uh, to the time of trial?
1: No, what? I've never even heard that. Really? That's not, the, that's not my Lord's prayer.
0: Yeah, fuck Matthew. <laughs> in Luke, uh, Jesus gives us a slightly different version of his one true prayer. It's found in Luke 11, 2 through 4. Father, Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. What? Bullshit. And do not bring us to the time of trial. So, Jesus can't even get his one true prayer straight between two fucking Gospels. It's not not present in all four. He's just got two. Just get it straight in two Gospels. That's all I ask. In one, forgive us of our sins. In the other, forgive us of our debts. Uh, What do you want? What do you want from us? Which one?
1: Well, the debts one is obviously uh, more Jewish in origin than the sin one.
0: All right, because the Jews are more
1: concerned with money.
0: Yes, it's a stereotype that is probably true. Jewish interpolators have stuck that in there. Right. And then the Christians came along, they're like,
1: let's change debts to sins.
0: Yes, we're more guilty.
1: Because I'm getting my motherfucking money back. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not forgiving any debtors.
0: I like it how oh, it says, forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive uh, people's debts to us. What? Right. I guess a sin is your debt to God. Oh, thanks, Eve.
1: There you go. I just learned that from the Jehovah's Witnesses.
0: All right, so apparently <laughs> uh, Jesus can't even get his fucking prayer straight. So let's go into parables. Maybe we'll have better luck with parables. Maybe these parables make a lot more sense than Jesus' prayer to himself. Wasn't there a reason
1: he spoke to us in parables? So yeah. that we would not understand what he was saying. Oh,
0: yes, exactly. <laughs> it's a basic, uh, basically, Jesus uh, giving the big old finger to his followers. Fuck you. If you understand it, great. If you don't, you know, I, heaven forbid I want to bring someone to a new understanding. Fuck nope. all those people that, that I would have saved had I spoken plainly. Fuck them. All
1: right. Let's do some parables. Parables? More like terribles. <laughs>
0: No. <laughs> All right. Uh, first parable I want to talk about is is found in Luke twelve forty two. Uh, I'm just going to read it to you, man. And the Lord right. said, "Who then is the faithful and prudent manager whom his master will put in charge of his slaves to give them their allowance of food at the proper time?" Uh, so notice, um, <laughs> <again>. <laughs> love it. Where's the parable of how about slavery is bad? Nope. <laughs> Jesus just, you know, um, let me tell you, not only am I not going to say slavery is bad, but let me tell you a cute little story about it. Uh, Blessed is that slave whom his master will find at work when he arrives. (laughs) Good slave. Good job. Truly, I tell you, he will put that one in charge of all his possessions. But if that slave says to himself, my master is delayed in coming, and if he begins to beat the other slaves, men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk, The master of that slave will come on a day when he does not expect him, and in an hour that he does not know, and will cut him in pieces and put him with the unfaithful. Holy (laughs) shit! That's what happens to bad slaves. What? He cuts him and puts
1: him with the unfaithful? Like, just a bunch of body parts?
0: Here, here's some pieces. (laughs) You unfaithful (laughs) bastards. Would you like a foot? That slave who knew what his master wanted, but did not prepare himself or do what was wanted, will receive a severe beating. But the one who did not know and did what deserved a beating, will receive a light beating. So... (laughs) What? What? (laughs) No comment on, you know, it's really wrong to beat other human beings. (laughs) What happened to the, if you get hit, turn your other cheek, now he's like, hey, beat the shit out of people if they don't do what you want them to do. You're slaves. That's what you do to slaves.
1: Oh, The problem is, this is out of context, before this parable Jesus does the lessons of the beatings. It's uh, it's much like a lesson from the Warrens. It's a uh, it's a hierarchy of beatings.
2: Yeah, the,
0: severe the, beating. The beatitudes. <laughs> actually, that's uh, beatitudes. <laughs> yeah, Jesus' beatitudes. Here's how you beat a bad slave. Oh my God. So
1: what does this mean? Is this is this supposed to be something about like God is the master, and if we don't. If we're not, we don't behave correctly,
0: it's like about he's the second to coming, man. You don't know when your master's going to come back. You don't know when Jesus is going to come back. So, when he comes back and you're found drinking and whoring uh, and beating other slaves, then, well, Jesus will say, That is wrong of you to beat other slaves. And I will show you how wrong it is by beating the shit out of you.
1: <laughs> Only masters beat slaves. <laughs> slaves must not beat other slaves. That's crazy. That's, that's crazy, the, Tom.
0: That's the immoral portion. <laughs> The slaves. What? You can't beat other slaves.
1: Oh, God. So it sounds like any way he puts it, I'm getting a beating. I'm either going (laughs) to be cut pieces or get a severe beating or just a light beating.
0: Your your best hope, the best you can hope for is a light beating.
1: (laughs) Light beating.
0: Well, that's what's nice about being a slave. Sometimes you get a
1: light beating and you're like, it's a good day.
0: Yeah, right. That wasn't bad at all. Now I'm awake. I'm feeling regenerated. All right. Um, how about the parable of good the one. prodigal son?
1: Oh, everybody knows this, right? Oh, it's
0: yeah. Probably-, probably one of the most famous ones, right? So, I mean, a feel-good story. Man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So his father divides the property between them. A few days later, the son gathers all that he had, travels to a distant country, and squanders all this property in dissolute <laughs> living, right? Party! Oh, whoring, drinking, beating slaves, all I this. It was Thailand. Dissolute living. <laughs> that, that's the distant country. Went over to Thailand.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, so when he spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. Uh, So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. Uh, Oh, and then the demons? (laughs) No. (laughs) Unfortunately, Jesus uh, cast a bunch of demons into his pigs. They ran off, and then he lost his job.
1: That's right.
0: He says, how many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare, but here I am dying of hunger. So he decides to go back and say to his father, I've sinned against heaven and before you, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and found uh, went to see his father. All right, good luck. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran out and, and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven before you. I am no longer blah, blah, blah. But the father said to his slaves, quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandal on his feet.
1: For if you are quick, you will only receive a light beating. <laughs> <laughs> But the slave who dallies and bring in bringing the robe for my son shall receive the severe beating.
0: <laughs> you know, it's just what oh. Jesus is telling us. I'm just following the path <laughs> of Jesus. I keep forgetting Jesus is speaking these. And get the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and alive again. He was lost and is found. And so they begin to celebrate. Now, this is all great, isn't it? This part of the parable yeah. is fantastic. Good, good job. That's now, the end, right? It's now, a happy end? His elder son was in the field, who's Uh-oh. been working this whole fucking time. Oh. And when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked uh, what the hell was going on. What the fuck is this? <laughs> what the fuck? The fuck? He replied, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf uh, because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him, but he answered his father, listen. For all these years, I've been working like a slave for you. (laughs) And i you
1: never once gave me a beating,
0: (laughs) and Never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the (laughs) fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found.
1: <laughs> All that's mine is yours, except for even a young goat.
0: <laughs> I won't give you no. shit. I'm not going to give you shit. Clearly, the father loved the this younger son better than his older son.
1: Yes, the younger son was a much nicer person, even though he went off with prostitutes.
0: Yeah, the end of the parable is that the elder son takes his inheritance and, and says, fuck you to the father. <laughs> this this parable is like the one where... This, this guy uh, needs his field um, harvested, and so he hires a bunch of people, and they harvest the whole entire day. And then like an hour before sunset, he hires some other people, and they harvest for just an hour. And the guy decides to pay them all the same, right? Sounds fair. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of the parable. <laughs> okay, fuck you. I'm coming an hour before sunset next to, you know, tomorrow, you asshole. That's, not, that's apparently the Lord's justice.
1: So as long as you, this is my favorite thing about Christianity. As long as you you truly repent at the end, you still get to share in all the glory.
2: Correct.
0: Correct. (laughs) You can lead a life of dissolute living with and whore it up with prostitutes, and God will still give you the fatted calf when you come back.
1: That's the other version of Pascal's wager.
0: He's the smart person. Uh, I think I'll live uh, a dissolute life and then just have a deathbed conversion.
1: Woohoo! I'm pretty sure the Prodigal Son is. Um, I bet this is the plot to uh, A River Runs Through It, or maybe Legends of the Fall. I can't get, keep those straight. Uh,
0: I, I've never been able to get through the, an entire viewing of A River Runs Through It without falling asleep. So I'll I'll take your word for it.
1: Okay, so once again, slavery. Is a big theme in the parables of Jesus, like just the the absolute like ignoring of it of it.
0: Yeah, I mean it. it you know, it kind of makes you think. Jesus sitting down, uh, spouting out all these parables, and not once does he make uh, even a single comment about the immorality <laughs> of uh, n- not only owning another human being but beating the shit out of him. <laughs> just you know, this is this is how it is, guys. It's how it is. This is a master of the universe. Okay. Um, continuing our theme of slavery, uh, Luke seventeen seven says, Who among you would say to your slave who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, Come here at once and take your place at the table? No one would do that. <laughs> would you not rather say to him, Hey, prepare supper for me. Put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink. Later, you may eat and drink. When I'm done, you can fucking eat and drink. Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also... <laughs> oh. When you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, we are worthless slaves, we have done only what we ought to have done. So don't expect any, you know, thank yous from Jesus for doing what you should have done in the first time, because you're all fucking slaves. Oh, so don't expect heaven. Don't expect it, don't expect shit. You should just take what you get. Um, And, you know, don't expect thanks, don't expect gratitude. You're a slave, right? Um, (laughs) Of course, this advice doesn't apply to Jesus himself, Who gets mad that more lepers didn't come back and thank him? (laughs) This happens a couple verses later. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him, keeping their distance. They called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan, by the way. He, oh, he was uh, a Samaritan? Fucking Samaritan to top Right. It then Jesus asks, Were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? <laughs> <laughs> this fucking foreigners. Where's my God thanks? Damn, immigrants. <laughs> Where's my thanks, you fuckers? What assholes. Not even showing any gratitude.
1: Well, at least he told that guy to go away.
0: Go away. Your
1: faith has made you well.
0: The parable of the ten pounds is probably my favorite parable in the entirety of Luke. This is a little, ta- probably never taught parable. You hear about the prodigal son all the time. When was the last time you heard about the terrible the parable of the ten pounds?
1: <laughs> I told you it was called the terribles.
0: The terrible um, of the
1: ten pounds. This is going to come as a surprise to you. I don't even know if I've heard of the parable yes. of the ten
0: pounds. <laughs> yeah, that'll become clear very shortly. I'll read it to you. Uh, this is found in Luke 19, verse 11. As they were listening to this, he went on to tell a parable, because he was near Jerusalem, and because they supposed that the kingdom of God was to appear immediately. So he said, "A nobleman went to a distant country to get royal power for himself, and then return." He said, "Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just get royal power for yourself. Just go on, get some." He summoned ten of his slaves and gave them ten pounds, and said to them, "Do business with these until I come back." But the citizens of his country hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying, We do not want this man to rule over us. When he returned, having received royal power, he ordered these slaves, to whom he had given the money, to be summoned so that he might find out what they had gained by trading. The first came forward and said, Lord, your pound has made ten more pounds. He said to him, Well done, good slave. I will only beat you a little bit. (laughs) Light beating for you. Because you have been trustworthy in a very small thing, take charge of ten cities. Whoa. Then the second came, saying, "'Lord, your pound has made five pounds.' He said to him, "'And you, rule over five cities.' And the other came, saying, "'Lord, here's your pound. I wrapped it up in a piece of cloth, for I was afraid of you, because you are a harsh man. You take what you did not deposit and reap what you did not sow.' He said to him, "'I will judge you by your own words, you wicked slave. You knew, did you, that I was a harsh man, taking what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow? Why then did you not put my money into the bank? Then when I returned, I could have collected it with interest.' He said to the bystanders, take the pound from him and give it to the one who has ten pounds. And they but said, he
1: already has ten pounds.
0: Lord, he has ten pounds. <laughs> I tell you, to all those who have, more will be given. But from those who have nothing, even uh, what they have will be taken away. But as for these enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them, bring them here and slaughter them in my presence. Holy shit! <laughs> this is what Jesus must telling them? This was the parable of the ten pounds. So Jesus. <laughs> this should be in Sunday school. <laughs> Please tell us what you mean here. <laughs> you fucking What? Dick. What was this supposed to mean?
1: <laughs> I must be one of those he doesn't want to know cuz what Yeah, what What does it mean? <laughs> Is this, is this something about how to get into heaven again? Doesn't
0: this seem to contradict everything he says where, you know, if uh, you have a lot, it'll be taken from you. If you have nothing, it'll be given to you. Isn't that the exact opposite of what he's saying in this parable? You got a lot, more <laughs> will be given to you. And if you have nothing, even what you have will be taken away. Oh, well,
1: maybe this is just some crazy story of some guy he knew about.
0: <laughs> just telling a story. <laughs> just telling a story. <laughs> and then apparently, if you don't want Jesus to be king over you, Well then, you'll be slaughtered in front of him.
1: So they did banks with interest back then. Um,
0: Yeah, in um, did not know it was a sin. Who knew it was a sin to collect interest um, from the Jews? But clearly, if uh, it has to be, if you have to be told that it was a sin, the practice was going on. Um, It's called usury. Anyway, uh, Matt, you might be interested that the the fig tree in Luke. Luke, the author of Luke, really does not like the story of the fig tree. That's, but that's one of my favorite stories. He looks at the story and says, Ah, shit, that is ridiculous. So what he does is takes it from being a literal story and turns it into a parable. Oh. So in Luke, Jesus doesn't actually smack the fig tree because it didn't bear fruit out of the season it was supposed to bear fruit in. It becomes a parable. So in Luke twenty one twenty nine, Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near.
1: What? In
0: spring? When spring comes? I don't get it. There you have it. (laughs) No, I don't get it. Tell me what it means. (laughs) I think Luke saw the fig tree uh, and knew that he kind of had to put something about a fig tree in there, and so he turned it into a parable. So, you know, when they're sprouting, uh, the kingdom of heaven is near. There you go. Huh? How about that, disciples?
1: I can just imagine Luke working with the source material and going, Oh, fuck's sakes, what am I going to do with this one?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, I'm running out of time here. Uh, I'll just make this a fucking parable that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) But, you know, none of his other fucking parables make sense, so no one is going to notice this. That's
1: right. Everybody will get to argue about it and find new truths in it every time they speak of it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, so those are the parables I wanted to cover. Um, but I also want to cover the passion uh, of the cry, the, the crucifixion and the resurrection, uh, briefly. The passion. Because, again, it differs a little bit from the other accounts that we have. So, in Luke 22, Jesus and his disciples have the Last Supper. So he tells them this story, um, which I think, you know, we all ought to remember at Christmas time when uh, all the Christians tell us what a meek, loving, and peaceful character uh, Jesus is. You know, the Prince of Peace.
1: Oh, the Jesus of philosopher. He's he's the one I respect.
0: Luke twenty-two (laughs) thirty-five. He said to them, "When I sent you out without a purse, bag, or sandals, did you lack anything?" They said, "No, not a thing." He said to them, "But now, the one who has a purse must take it, and likewise a bag. And the one who has no sword must sell his cloak and buy one. You gotta fucking arm yourself." What's going on here? Got to arm yourself. It's coming. So he goes to the Mount of Olives. This is the you know the kind of Garden of Gethsemane. And when he reached the place, he said to them. Pray that you may not come to the time of trial. Then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, knelt down, and prayed, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Yet, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel from heaven appeared to him and gave him strength. In his anguish he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling uh, on the ground. Now, um, those last two sentences, 43 and 44, are absent in the earliest manuscripts. So, the angel supporting him and his sweat becoming like great drops of blood. And and it does seem out of place, because compare Luke's version, where Jesus' is stoic calm, he's accepting of his fate, no problem, uh, to Mark's, uh, where Jesus is described as distressed and agitated, and he, he tells his disciples that his soul is grieved unto death. He falls on his face to pray three times, instead of just Luke's one, uh, to have the cup removed from him, right? So, what does what that mean, to have the cup removed from him? He doesn't, the cup of suffering. So he doesn't have to go through all the suffering and the crucifixion.
1: Oh, It's a weird metaphor.
0: So <laughs> You know, you don't want to drink the cup of suffering. I guess not. So I don't want to Luke, pray so much I bleed, though. In, either. In Mark, you know, Jesus is, is, is just aggravated uh, and, and distressed and, and falls on his face and prays three times because he doesn't accept the first two responses. And, and in Luke, he just kind of... Kneels down and prays once, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Uh, if not, that's cool, too. I'm good. <laughs> uh, and Jesus is, is betrayed by Judas and arrested. Um, someone cuts an ear off with a sword, apparently, that he traded his, you know, his cloak for. Right. Jesus uh, heals it. He's taken away to stand before the Sanhedrin, which convicts him of blasphemy. He's then brought before Pilate, who finds him innocent of wrongdoing. Because, you know, Pilate's such a, a careful and just man. He, he, oh, we he learned that. He all this stuff thoroughly. Uh, and wants, he wants to just make sure that no one that he, he is wrongfully convicted. So uh, he finds out Jesus is from Galilee and sends him to Herod Antipas. You know, oh, this isn't in my jurisdiction because I'm fucking procurator over and prefect over entire Syria. But uh, I'll just go ahead and send it off to the local... Herod Antipas. So off Jesus goes to Herod. Herod questions him, and then he's mocked. He's clothed in a, like a purple robe of royalty, and s- some reason sent back to Pilate. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? With a robe? With a nice robe? With a nice robe. <laughs> Here, Jesus.
1: Maybe Herod wasn't the bad guy we thought he was all along.
0: <laughs> so Pilate says, uh, how about we just simply flog Jesus and then release him? That sounds good. Because, again, you know, Pilate is so concerned about uh, not, not being unjust, uh, as we learn in Josephus, right? That he's just such a good man. The Jews won't have it. Pilate begs the Jews three times.
2: <laughs> please, please. Please, Jews, please let me let Jesus go, please. Uh,
0: but no, let the Jews want Let me him Christ. only. Let me beat him lightly. Uh, so Jesus is led away to be crucified. He says the bit about, you know, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. They're fucking nailing his hands in. They knew it. Uh, But again, there are uh, early manuscripts. All this famous stuff, but Jesus sweating drops of blood out of every pore, and uh, Father, forgive them. All that that shit's not in the earliest manuscripts. Jesus crucified about noon. Darkness comes over the land for three hours, and the veil of the temple was torn in two.
1: That was a solar eclipse.
0: Yes, right, as we found out in Thalys. The veil of the temple is torn in two, but unlike Matthew, we don't have zombies uh, roaming around Jerusalem. Uh, Luke just omits that that minor detail. Jesus cries out in a loud voice and says, "Father, into your hands I commend my spirit," and dies. So, you know, basically, he just says, "Well, <sighs> done here," and uh, you know, the ghost floats away. <laughs> Compare that to Mark and Matthew, which have Jesus saying, "My God, my God, why have you forsaken me?" <laughs>
1: No, no, he sounds like a pussy there. Let's make him cool. Yeah.
0: Right, exactly. Luke is clearly redacting or editing his his sources. Can't have a stoic, calm Jesus uh, losing it at the end. <laughs> right. Joseph of Arimathea in Luke is portrayed as a member of the Sanhedrin, so he's not just some random good Jew like he is in, in uh, Mark. Now he's a member of the Sanhedrin. And he's portraying it as disagreeing with the council's decision. Uh, he gets permission from Pilate to take down jesus's body, wraps it in linen, lays it in a rock hewn tomb on the day of the preparation. Uh, then everyone rests in the Sabbath. So the women come to the tomb in the morning to anoint the body, but they find the stone already rolled away as opposed to watching it roll away in Matthew. Uh, they go in, find no body, but then suddenly two angels as opposed to one in, in Matthew. In dazzling clothes for some reason. <laughs> Bedazzled but, but clothing? Dazzling, dazzling clothes. <laughs> Stood uh, beside them. The angels tell the women that, that Jesus is risen, uh, and the women go back and tell the disciples, unlike as in Mark, right, where they tell no one. Uh, right. The disciples don't believe them, but then Peter gets up and runs to the tomb, <laughs> finds the linen clothes <laughs> but no Jesus.
1: That, was, that must have been weird, man.
0: So now there's, there's this strange story. About two disciples, uh, Cleopas and Peter, going to, uh, on the road to Emos, and they're uh, joined by Jesus. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. So, so Jesus, Lord of the universe, Savior of all <laughs> mankind, is playing a fucking practical joke here.
1: He was wearing a
0: disguise. He's got a mustache and, and glasses <laughs> right. on, and a big hat. He's just like, what's
1: up? <laughs> Walks by him.
0: So they ask him, "You know what are you guys talking about?" and Cleopas answers, "Are you the only guy in Jerusalem who doesn't know about this events? are you the what the fuck man? <laughs> now this is true. if everyone in Jerusalem knew about this shit, why do we not hear about it? Yeah, so what Jesus say? Jesus says, "What you talking about, Cleopas?
1: Oh my God, he did not
0: <laughs> that's actually found in uh Luke. Oh, nobody knew that different strokes was actually ripped off from the Bible. <laughs> That's a reference to Luke, a Christian reference to Luke, uh, to which Cleopas responds, "The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who who was a prophet, mighty indeed in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Now this narrative, this um exchange here on the road to Emmaus." can be compared to the Testimonium Flavianum from Josephus, which has Jesus doing mighty deeds, and Jesus being handed over at the suggestion of the principal men among us, Jesus being crucified, and appearing alive to his disciples on the third day. So, it, it seems clear to me, if you're wondering where this um, interpolation of the, of the Testimonium Flavianum, where Josephus, even though he's a Pharisee a Jew, confesses that Jesus is the Christ, clearly lifted from Luke here, right? So some well-meaning Christian took this uh, narrative, changed up a few words, and stuck it into Josephus. That's where it came from. It's almost not debatable anymore where that came from. So, uh, hopefully the the scholarship will start changing on this, but there's just too many similarities for that to be a coincidence.
1: Did he sing the song? What song? So you are the Christ, the Good Jesus Christ. (laughs)
0: That was way back from Herod Antipas. You missed it. Oh, that's it. right. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, okay, so, now
1: I might be conflating um, some Book of Mormon stuff, but what what am I thinking of? The prophet mighty indeed in deed and word? What am I confusing oh, that
0: with? That's the Doctrine and Covenants, one mighty and strong. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of.
1: Yeah. Who is that about? That's about well, my Jeffs, pa- Warren Jeffs or somebody, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> of course. My parents think that uh, when the you know the, the church fell astray by giving up polygamy – and then fell astray again by giving blacks the priesthood, so now it needs one mighty and strong a mighty prophet to appear and set in order the house of God, so someone's gonna arise up and uh set the church back on the correct path. has that happened yet uh, I don't know you gotta we gotta start discriminating against the blacks again and start uh marrying multiple wives, so then everything will be okay all right uh so Jesus then reveals his true identity and uh disappears <laughs> he just vanishes. <laughs> And then the disciples say, "Hey, say that was Jesus. Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? So this has got to be where Mormons get that burning bosom from, right? That manifests right. the truth—the
1: burning bosom.
0: So uh, later, Jesus appears to his disciples and has them fondle him. Here, fondle me because I'm, like, I'm really flesh and blood, right? So Luke fondle at him. him. Yeah, what do he say? Like his oh. hands and feet."
1: Oh, okay. Just his hands and feet. What
0: were you thinking? I don't know. Penis. <laughs> Clearly, uh, Luke was written late enough to uh, be aware of the counter-apologetics where, oh, it's just a vision of uh, Jesus. It wasn't actually really Jesus. And so Luke inserts this part where <laughs> Jesus shows up and says, no, it's really me. Here, here, touch me. Here, touch my hands and feet and poke me. And, and but my But still... Penis. Still, Matt. After they poke Jesus, some still disbelieve, and so he says, "Hey, um, you got a fish around here? Here, let me eat a fish." And so he eats a fish, and that puts all doubts to rest. Oh, okay. Ah, he ate a I fish. I gotcha. He's really. Did he eat
1: that fish? They said to him, "Prove to me that you're divine. Change my water into wine." <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to sing that line.
0: Uh, then he tells him to go out and proclaim his gospel to all nations, and he ascends into heaven and disappears. That's a little problematic, because if he really did tell his uh, disciples to proclaim, uh, as, as is found in Matthew too, right? The proclamation, the Great Commission. Yeah. Go out unto all nations. Then why do we have Paul arguing with Peter about having table fellowship with Gentiles in Paul's letters, right? It's clearly it's fucking made up. So now, um, compare, compare this stuff, right? So this stuff takes place in Luke. All of this shit takes place in Jerusalem, right? He appears... Uh, twice, to his disciples in Jerusalem, whereas Matthew, the angel in the tomb, tells him, get the fuck back to Galilee, go to a mountain in Galilee, and then Jesus appears to uh, his disciples on a a mountaintop in Galilee. So, how the fuck is that possible if the events in Luke happened? Teleportation! Uh, See, in Luke, they never leave Jerusalem. He appears to them. But uh, in Matthew, they go straight from Jerusalem to Galilee, and then they see Jesus. So, uh, the Multiple common counter-apologetic Jesus. is that it, both things happened, right? So, they saw Jesus, and then they saw him again in Galilee. And then, of course, they had to, uh, come, yeah. they had to come back to Jerusalem so they could start the church in Jerusalem. So, <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, Jesus. Well, Chuck. Hey guys, could you go back to Galilee just uh, so I can appear in the mountaintop, then you can go back to Jerusalem?
1: Just because you see Jesus once doesn't mean you don't see him twice. <laughs> or is it if you see him twice, does it, it
0: also means that you also saw him once. Uh, just like the donkeys that he was riding on. Right. (laughs) Just because they only mentioned one donkey doesn't mean there was also two. (laughs) So, all right, that wraps it up. That wraps up, Luke. I think what we'll do is do, uh, the next time we'll do John, and then we'll start in with Acts, and then we'll fucking do all the letters, and then like I said, we'll start over and do the Old Testament. What do you think?
1: Yes, but uh, before that, we need to do a retrospective on the last four episodes.
0: Yes, should we summarize? We'll do an episode summarizing the synoptics. That sounds good. Yes. That's a great idea.
1: And then we'll do a Thanksgiving episode.
0: (laughs) Which is a Christian holiday, as we all know.
1: (laughs) Well, Jesus used to gather the townspeople around him and explain to him the meaning of turkeys.
0: (laughs) All right, Matt. Later. Later!
2: Oh, Sophia, do you?